Welcome to another podcast by I Am Rami. I'm here joined today by Fari Selvisky. How you going, mate? I'm very good, thank you. And you said my name really well. Rolls, nah, up, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Sally Efsky. Perfect. I remember the first restaurant. My first time, I used to come in and used to sit around table. I could tell you, one, two, three. I think you used to sit at table three in the corner up on the window and you'd always come in after your martial arts school. Yeah, and I, well, I always I still had remember. A, I always had a crew because the good thing about Rache's was they were open obviously longer hours. Yeah. And uh, bigger choice of food. Every time we did seminars or training, Rache's was our go-to. And little did I know that all those years, 23 years later, my brother would meet your daughter and they would get married and would, and again, we, would, we will... Uh, Cross paths. Yeah, and, and we've, created, we've created a bit of a relationship, myself and you, in, in the last couple of years where you've sort of been around and you, you give me the words of wisdom and I call you Mr Miyagi, <laughs> right? You become a bit of an inspiration for me, I guess. Yeah, I think that probably just comes with age. You know, people see grey hair and they sort of assume there's wisdom there. Oh, maybe. that's fine. Yeah. That's how I'm getting confused. <laughs> it's the new grey. The new grey. No, I could tell you, and honestly, Matt, every time I catch up with you, Fari, you sort of, what do you call it? You inspire me. You you motivate me. You What do you call it? Like, I, when I finish a conversation with you, I'm always, I feel like I'm two feet, two feet taller, you know, so... I thank you for that, and I know you. And I know you're a genuine person. I know when you're speaking to me, I know there's no, there, there's um, no what do you call it? No malice, or that's not the correct word I'm looking for. There's no. Um, there, there is definitely no ego. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, it's very genuine because I, I do actually. My, my goal in life, believe it or not, is everyone that I meet is to actually settle them down a little bit. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I know there's no agenda. That's why I could trust everything you're saying. I know your agenda. Actually, you do have one agenda, and that is to make me stronger. To make me, to give me wisdom. I, I know that and that's why I listen 100%. so carefully to everything you're saying. And yeah, and uh, I think people who are going to listen to this podcast are going to enjoy it, if you know what I mean. Uh, look, uh, I just think it's the it's my background, the culture, and obviously my martial arts. I put my martial arts into everything because, again, it all comes back to that loyalty, the discipline, the focus. And if you want to be a business owner, if you don't have those things, you know what, you're going to struggle. You know, mm-hmm. you need all those things. So, Fari, I know you're a family man. It's all about family, family, family for you. I know you've you've got a martial art business. I know a little bit about your life, but how about you sort of give the the listeners a little bit of background of who you are and what you do? Well, these days my uh, I call it my semi retirement job. Um, I teach martial arts, which I have been for forty years. So for me, it's about just um, trying to be active at the age of fifty seven because I'm not getting any younger, and uh, trying to live and work for my enjoyment and my pleasure, as opposed to trying to take over the world. Yeah, now, Farah, I've known you for a couple of years and there's one <laughs> thing you always, you always sort of, um, how can I say, um, inspire me with this family, man. You, you keep on re- always, whatever you say, you always go back, oh, family, my dad, my mum, and I know that's one of your big values. 100%. How would you say that sort of contributed to your martial art business? And Well, look, martial arts is all about, for me, it's all about loyalty and about that discipline. So, look, it takes discipline to even be a family person takes discipline to remember who you are and sometimes in this crazy world especially the last couple of years has been a bit on the definitely on the crazy side we can sort of lose ourselves a little bit and look money is important because we all got to eat but uh you know why are we working and for me my number one reason is always has been my mum and dad because they brought me to this country so you can imagine you know sometimes we have trouble moving suburbs moving house you know my mum and dad they moved country no language, they've left family, their culture, you name the whole lot. What an amazing sacrifice that is. And they ultimately did, did that for me. 
I hear you, man. Like, you know, without mum and dad and, you know, us, like, you know, the upbringing, I had a similar upbringing to you, you know, I'm a wog boy, if you like. I know you said that earlier or you might have said it <laughs> off camera. You know, similar things, man. It's like you want to make your mum and dad proud. You want to carry the values that they've given you. You want to, and I think that's, yeah, I think it's so important. It's so cool from you, man. Absolutely. And also, too, the idea of valuing older people. I just think um, these days people, we've lost a little bit of our humanity uh, and the value of elderly people, you know, I, I think we underestimate them. Yeah, absolutely, man. You, the young, you know, the younger generation. Do you think they have the same values that we we sort of grew up with? Do you think they have the same? I don't know. Do you think they grew up in the same with the same discipline? I know we were. I know the discipline. I copped at home. Like, uh, you know, I was never. <laughs> you know, I was never asked. I was told. I was a- like absolutely and told with a belt, mind you. Not not just. Not just loud, not just... <laughs> and you haven't turned out too badly. So maybe there's some value in that, yeah. right? <laughs> but uh, look, um, I think the next generation of parents, because people say to me, you know, have um, have kids changed? I think kids are kids. But where I think is the current generation of parents, they're trying so hard to do the best for their kids. I think they're, like you said, they're not telling, they're asking. And these days, if you give kids too much choice, I mean, obviously, I teach a lot of kids. If you give them too much choice, they'll sit in front of a computer. They'll stay in their room. In all honesty, I see it too. I see it like in the workplace, especially with waiters and kitchen 100%. They're young people, 17-year-olds, and they feel entitled. Like, you ask them to, you know, take the glass off the table or to clear a table, to clear a, a plate, and they look at you like, who are you to tell me? And I wonder if that's something that goes back to how the kids are getting brought up today, you know? Uh, look, uh, the work ethic is definitely not there. There's no ifs or buts about it. And that's, look, they all want, you know, especially with the whole Instagram lifestyle thing, they all want the lifestyle, but nobody wants to pay a price. Yeah. So, And that price is time, effort, and years, right? We're very much in, in a microwave society now. They want to press that button in 10 seconds, I'm there. Well, if you want that Ferrari, you know what, guess what? How many hours a week is that? Mum and dad need to give me the money, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, and that's probably, um, I think some mums and dads, they mean well. But they, you know, I've actually heard parents say, I make it easier for my child. I don't want them to stress. For example, they might say, look, I don't want them to do too much martial arts because they're going to get tired. And guess what? When you're 18 and you go out there work, you might do a 60-hour week. You got a mortgage. You got wife, kids. You're going to get stressed. You might as well get used to it. So we need to put more on their plate, not less. So the beauty of our cultures and yours too, obviously, coming from Lebanon, you would have seen some difficulty. You know, sometimes we don't realise the opportunity that we have here. We have a, a reference point that we can compare it to of why we can be so grateful. And probably I think the best thing that can come out of the pandemic is the loss of a lot of freedom, the loss of so much that we took for granted. There was a current generation that never saw any of that. Yeah. Now they have. But what do you think the pandemic is going to do to the young people? Do you think Do you think that's going to harden them up? Do you think, like, I always wonder, like, you know, like all of a sudden they were told they don't have to go to school. They didn't have to go and work. They saw mum and dad at home. I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that they saw mum and dad working from home. I, I really, I always wonder, and I wonder how it's going to affect that generation for the next five, ten years, you know? so. Well, over the last two years, we've had record divorce, by the way, just so you know, if you look at the stats. So maybe it hasn't been a great thing for a lot of people working from home. I'm not a fan of working from home. Yeah, a lot of people would have discovered that um, they went home and they go, who's this that's in my house? Oh, I've got a wife or I've got a husband. Where before everyone was busy, I guess, doing their own thing. You're absolutely right, look, I think. Yeah. I, I, you can see why, I can understand why divorce rates went through look, the roof. Absolutely. And I'd rather people go to work also because, you know, a lot of people are, are sort of celebrating them working from home. But you know what? A lot of employers are going to work out that you're at home working and how much am I paying you? I can get yeah. someone in the Philippines and pay them. 
to do your job. Which reminds me, before we go off, it reminds <laughs> me of a friend, and he said to me, he said, um, he goes, mate, I went home and I discovered that I've got, I've got a partner, and apparently I'm was, I was married to her, and all the rest of it. And he goes, but this guy actually goes to me, but you know what? It turns out that I like her, so it's all right. <laughs> look, uh, it can work out good, but yeah. uh, look, twenty four seven. I think uh, having work, I just think it's uh, it's something that a lot of people are obviously not used. Yeah, look, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. People are going to be different now. They change. Even in my own work, you know, you ask somebody to come in five days a week and they go, what? You want me to work in an office? <laughs> like, I work from home. I do my own thing. I could get to work for an hour and play around for seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> look, 100%. I, I get people saying, you know, uh, 35 hours a week, it's a very long week. I think that was my part-time job back in the day. So, <laughs> I know you. You do 35 hours in one day. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> look, now, now we have to work smart. As you get older, you want to pack more in. We obviously don't want to do the 78 hour hours a week, but you know what? When we had to, absolutely. And if we have to do now, we would do it in an instant. And we're capable and willing. We have the ability. I don't think the next generation are willing to go that hard for that long. I struggle to understand why, because like when you work, like you get so much personal gain out of it. It's not about what you give your boss or what you give the. It's you know like oh, you know you know the business. I'm in the hospitality business, one of my businesses, and man, I can't get enough hours in a day. And I want to be at work, around work. Maybe the word work should be out of our, taken out of our, um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? You help me, Fari? You could take, you could take the conversation. Well, yeah, well, look. Maybe we should take work out of our language. I don't think work is a, is, a, is a bad word to begin with. Personally, I don't think we should take it out at all. But in their sense, yes, work is like a bad thing. It is. But work is That's purpose. Just... Work gives you structure. And also, too, with work, guess what? You get a chance to not only eat, but if you have some dreams, you know what? You can wish, you can hope, you can pray. If you're not going to work, none of those things are going to come true. Fari, I have to say I highly disagree with you. I'm, I think work should be t- work, the word work should be taken out. I, said, I think it's in the language and it's incorrect and everyone thinks, I've got to go to work? That's... That's hectic. How about we call it something else and we might change the whole world here, mate. How about we call it, um, what do you call it? I don't know. Fun time. Fun time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We'll call it fun time and more people will apply for the job now and more people will, yeah. work, will not work, will come to fun time. Yeah, look, it doesn't have to be fun though. You know, yeah. you know, people talk about, you know, I have to work and it has to be what I love. You know what? How about I have to love to feed my kids? Mm. I have to love to give them shelter, yeah. right? So... You know, the alternative is, I'm not going to work if I don't love it. Well, hang on a sec. There might be a time when you might be doing 20 years of your life doing work that you don't love because it fits a purpose. It's all about the results. So if you want to do what you love, it might take time. It might not happen today. But you know what? Right now, we we all must have a sense of responsibility. Everyone eventually works for themselves. Everyone works for themselves. It doesn't matter whether you work for a boss, whoever you work for. At the end of the day, it's about satisfying yourself, your family, 100%. the community around you. And for people that don't like their job, it's just, I think it's a bit of arrogance because it doesn't matter what you're doing. At the end of the day, you can get joy out of it if that's what you choose, you know? 100%. It is a state of mind. It is an attitude. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I see it in the people that don't enjoy their job. I see it every day. I look at them and I think, you're not going to enjoy any job. Doesn't matter what happens in your life, you never, you're always going to be one of them people that says, "Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that." The grass is greener on the other side. Hundred percent. You see, moving from job to job, right? Yeah. From fun time to fun time, as Abs- we call it. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think it comes back to parents too, because you know, if you ask a parent what's your goal for your child, they say, "I want my child to be happy." I, I disagree with that. You know, I, I want my children to be productive. You know, that is my goal for my children. Because if you're not productive, 
How are you going to have happiness if you're not productive? You need to be able to produce to have that structure and routine in life. If you're sitting in your room, I mean, how happy are you going to be? 100%. I don't know about you, but I know in my own head, like whenever I, I don't enjoy work every day. <laughs> it's not every day. It's something, sometimes I've got to do things I hate, you know what I mean? And it could go for weeks, even months. But I know I try and find something every day when I go home. I try and find, I don't just look at negatives. I try and find a, a win for that day. I'm like, you know what? I, I did that today. And it might have been just the way I said hello to someone and they reacted to me. It might have been, it might be me just saying, oh, well done to someone. I go, man, look at that. I've just won that staff member over. And it could be something big. I could have made $100,000, million, whatever that day. But I always find something to sort of, you know, make myself happy at the end of the day. So I could turn up tomorrow, I guess, maybe. Well, that comes back to being productive. You mm. actually did something and there was a result. Yeah. So bottom line is you were doing. If you're not doing, you're not producing anything. So that's why I wish for young kids of today to be productive and active. I don't wish happiness as the name, main goal. That is a side effect of being productive. Yeah. We all need to get action-based as opposed to... These days, a lot of kids, like I said, they don't even want to work. Why do we have staff shortages? Something I call you is Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> all right, because you're always full of advice. I want to like ask you, um, you know, you're always full of advice. Have you? Is that the way like you've always been, or is that like uh, something later on in your it's, life? It's always been. Look, um, my my background is sales and marketing, so I'm obviously a bit of a talker. You probably notice I'm very shy, and I, I stutter my words and always yep. short on ideas. So for me, it's always been. You know what? It's not just advice, it's always trying, I want the uh, people to better themselves. What is your potential? So it, it's not just about living. If you live, okay, you're going to exist, you're going to be able to eat, have a roof over your head, that's one thing. But for me, if whatever your potential is, uh, if you're not trying to strive to reach that potential, to me, that that is a loss. That is failure. I don't get it. I'm like you, man. I don't get it. Like, I go home every day and if I'm not waking up tomorrow a better person, a stronger person, a more learned person. I'm shattered. That, that's the times that I get down. I'm shattered. I always want to be developing. I always want to grow. And I always, there's one thing, there's one trick, and maybe the listeners can take it. I always believe I know nothing. Yeah, look, after the last few years, I don't know if we know anything, do we? I mean, gee, it was a crazy time. So the, the last few years, I think, has made us all question probably so much of ourselves and probably the world, our communities, governments. Um, so we definitely do question more. Yeah. But um, do we question a bit too much and, and forgetting what our base is? And that's why I, I say to people now, get back to your family, get back to some structure, some routine, some basic discipline and get that happening because otherwise we end up questioning too much yeah. and, and not believing in ourselves and then we end up, you know, a lot of kids are sitting there at the moment. They are sitting there not doing anything. You know, we've got a bit of shortage of staff at the moment in Australia, yeah? Do you think it's a real, do you, do you think it's a real shortage or do you think people don't want to work? Or I know they put up, percentages like you know we're six percent unemployment three percent unemployment sometimes i question where those numbers come from i don't know do you like do you believe everything you hear or uh, look it's hard to believe everything that we hear but the fact is that um even people that are in jobs are taking more the stats are people are taking more sickies than ever before yeah i mean my parents never took a day off in their working life. And Even, they're proud of it. They, and, they tell you all the and, time. And yeah? they brag about it, yeah, right? Put on them. So people go, oh, I got the sniffles. Mate, I mean, that would have gone there to work with one leg. <laughs> you I know mean, what I would understand? Sorry to cut you off, but I've got to say, I have not had one day off yet, sick, since the pandemic. And I want to know how every single staff member I've had, I've got a couple of them in the room, I'm sorry, guys. I want to know how they've been sick to the point where they can't come to work. And me, this old man, nah, I'm, 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 
old man. No, but I want to know how I've been able to honestly, and it says a lot about what this pandemic has done to to the world, doesn't it? Hundred percent. But also too, it also says as a business owner, the buck stops with you. Yeah. So that's the difference between being an employee and being a an owner. The owner's always got to turn up. I mean, and look, I was just talking to a little cafe guy the other day, and um, and somebody said to him, "When you're having your next day off, he goes, day off. What's that?" Yeah. Seven days a week is in this little cafe. You know what's funny? It's got to the point where I can predict which staff room is going to be off on what day. Oh, they haven't had a sickie for three weeks, so I reckon <laughs> about Wednesday. And I swear to God, I'm not joking. I'm not joking, guys. I can predict it. <laughs> um, well, Wednesdays is good because you can't you can't accuse them of having a long weekend. So <laughs> that's pretty clever, I would think. Uh, no, that's where you're missing it. They have Wednesday <laughs> to Sunday off. Oh, okay. <laughs> they have an extra, they have a holiday. <laughs> no, not a not a long weekend. Nah, it's cool. But um, it's look, it's fascinating speaking to you. I mean, you always every time I speak to you, you're always you're full of wisdom. You're I think your martial arts sort of background, I think that's that sort of contributes. You you got that discipline. You work around kids, and I know you sort of you're a bit of a traveller. So you know, yeah, I haven't been traveling the last few years. But the reason I do kids is because people say, how do you change attitudes? Look, with adults, it's very hard to make them change their thinking. We can influence, we can trigger, but the kids, we can mold kids much easier than you can change an adult yeah. because they're still like little sponges. So you know, they've got so much potential. And that's why I believe in kids. Kids don't have limits as such. So you've been teaching kids for how long? How many years now? 40 years. 40 years, right? 40 years of teaching. So would you pick a generation that's that's better than another generation? Would you, would you say kids were a lot more disciplined back in the day than what they are today? Absolutely. And have you seen it like, is it a sliding scale or is it sort of up and down? Uh, at the moment, I, I think... Um, Kids are so soft. I mean, softer than ever before. And it comes back to parents. I mean, I've got, look, I'll, I'll share a quick story if we've got time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the father says to me on the phone, I can't force my child to come to martial arts. And I'm thinking he's a teenager, 16, 17, you know, discovered girls or something. So let me have a chat with him and I'll get him motivated. Anyway, yeah. he walks up the stairs at the counter. I go, oh, didn't you bring your son? He goes, yeah, he's here. I look over the counter, he's like five years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, you cannot bring him to martial arts. Oh, no, Master Fari. Sorry, I won't do that accent. But Master Fari. But, but he had the little accent and um, yeah. he goes, no, Master Fari, no. I go, how do I do it? I say, easy, you pick him up. He's like five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there negotiating with a five-year-old child. Yeah. Imagine when he's 15. I mean, gee, and we said it earlier, I mean, there was no negotiation with our parents. They tell us, they say, we do. I mean... Even now, my, my dad's, I mean, he's going to be 89 in December. I don't question my dad. If he needs something, I just do it. It's automatic. And, and the story that I use with people is, like, if you look at the zoo, if you look at the little baby elephant, and it'll have the little chain, and it tries to move its leg, and then the elephant can't move. So then two years later, that elephant is now two and a half tons. It's a bigger chain. It can still rip that chain out, but it doesn't do it. Why? Because it was conditioned from a young age. And they're the parameters that we need to put in our kids now while they're sponges. Because if we don't do it now, you're not going to influence them at 20. How do we let the kids win? Like, like it must be us. We're, we're the fault. Like the kid oh, 100%. Are, we're the fault. So we're blaming the kids. Here I am saying you know, kids won't keep plates. But. Absolutely. Because they, they give them a choice. I mean, I get parents say, um, oh, look, um, I'll ask my child if they like it. I go, look, I'm sorry. Look, we need to stop there. You may not be the kind of person that I want in this school. Oh, what do you mean? You're asking the child. The child is five years old. The child is eight years old. You're asking them. Don't you know what's best for them? This is something that you see the value of. 
a five-year-old child doesn't see the value. How, how do we end up there? Like, how do we end up being so soft on our kids? And the, you know, because you know, I got four kids, right? So I've got I've got my eldest daughter, and I've got you know, oh, and you know, my honestly, you know what? It's funny that we're going there in the conversation because my <laughs> biggest stress is: Am I doing the right thing for my kids? Are, am I sending them to the right school? Am I disciplining them at the right time? And I want to give them. I want to give them everything, right? Of course. And every parent where, does. And this is my fear. When you bring up this five-year-old kid, I'll think, oh, my God, uh, is that what my kids are like? Like, I'm, that's what I'm hearing mm. now, you know, and I'm starting to question myself, you know, what I say to them and how I speak to them. And well, giving them everything is not giving them all the choices. So for me, it's okay. You don't want to do martial arts? You're also not going to do PlayStation. You're also not going to do internet, you know, and, and parents say, I'll, I'll lock them in the room. You lock a kid in the room these days, they've got PlayStation, they've got TVs, you name it. They've got. Oh, I wouldn't want to leave my room either. I've got everything there. Why do we have an undisciplined generation? You know how I said to you just a second ago that it's. I think it's our fault. I, I, I sort of get it a little bit. You know what? Back in Dad's day, mums, when I was getting brought up, mum and dad had nothing much to do. They went to work, they come home, and they spoke to us, and they ate with us, and they talked to us. Absolutely. Now, mum and dad go home, including myself. I'm no better than anyone else. We go home, and what do we do? We go to our best friend. Yeah? Yep. The smartphone. Oh, look who's on Facebook. Oh, this is it. And the, every kid is sitting in that end corner. So I think this could be, I think I might have revealed, uh, what's the name? <laughs> Found something here that, yeah, look, <laughs> that's look, gold. I, I had an overseas you know? friend of mine visit from America. Yeah. And he was in shock that we only eat at the table. They had not sit down as a family to eat on a table. They're more in the living room. 100%. Mate, I, he, he, I, was, I was in shock. He was in shock. I was in shock. Mate, I agree with that. Well, my family, my family and I don't sit at the table. Honestly, if we do it once oh. a week, it's like a, you know, we try and do a Sunday breakfast, right? But it's always everyone, my kids are, the truth, my kids are sitting in front of the TV, eating, I'm in front of the TV and everyone's no. in their own Take it, take it to world. the table, trust yeah, me. Yeah. Take it to the table because in our culture, look, your culture too, the food, I mean, what do we love about rachets? People get a chance to get together, bring people together. Yeah. We should also be doing that in our home. Your table is a chance to catch up. Yeah. We might not see each other all day. We're going to sit down and eat together. Hopefully we've solved uh, the problem in the world today, mate. Food, food brings us together. It really yeah. does. I mean, that's our culture. And I think it's a great... I mean, that's why I love Rache so much because you provide an opportunity where people can actually catch up and eat together. Food is the best way. Look, back in the day, you know, people say, how did you meet a girl? Mate, I buy them food. Back in the day, food is the best way to get to know people, I'm telling you. Because if they don't like your food, you're not going to like them. I'm going to say no. Barry, what advice would you give the current generation, man, that all those youngsters growing up, what would you tell them if you could sit them all down in your martial arts school? <laughs> what would you say to them? What would you tell them, man? Uh, well, number one is they all need to be in some sort of activity. Obviously, I'm, mar I'm pro martial arts, right? But regardless, all parents and all, um, all people, we all need structure. When you're an adult, you get structure automatically because you'll have your work, you've got to come home. It sort of sets into place. But we need that structure as a habit to build up for when we're older while we're teenagers and, and children. And people say, what are you going to teach structure to a five-year-old? Well, you're already teaching them structure. Yeah. They need to brush their teeth, have their bath, have their meal, and then guess what? Put their pyjamas on, they're ready for bed. And you know, you've got kids. If you don't give them some parameters, if you don't give them structure, it's mayhem. You'll never get them to bed. Yeah. So structure starts from day one. You're never too young, never too old to set up structure. See, for me, I mentioned your art, martial arts school. We could, we could get them there. But I think there's something that the government can do. I think we need a curriculum straight away, urgently now, to sort of teach the kids at school what's happened in the last couple of years, what's going on. Let's bring them, let's, let's teach them something about, and let's, I'm not the expert here, but experts need to sit down and work out what we should be saying to our kids at the moment. Otherwise, we're going to have a lost generation. Yeah, 
I'm a little bit over these experts because the <laughs> experts and the science, I don't know if I trust them that much, you know. I would rather bring those kids um, from school, bring them on a tour to Rache's, have a look at how your wonderful headquarters here, how it operates, and to motivate them, inspire them. I'd rather them see that, to be honest, than and trust a government to decide what they need at school because, look, they're doing less and less. Yeah. They're not being told. I mean, how about they just do, you know, maths and English, you know, <laughs> some basics because... They're really forgetting. Yeah, it goes back to what we said earlier, mate. You're, that's what I'm saying. You get, you're full of wisdom, mate. And honestly, that sort of suggestion of maybe bringing the kids out to the work, workforce, maybe there needs to be more excursions. Remember how we used to love excursions the as kids? Real, real world, absolutely. 100%. The real yep. world is not sitting in a classroom listening to a teacher discipline you. That's not the, that's not the real world. And I think maybe we need to take them out more. Well, I, I think that would be much better than, um, and again, not bagging anyone, but you know, rather than be um, scaring the kids with um, change of climate, giving them fear, I'd rather give them inspiration. You know what, Fari? We can talk all day. <laughs> but I think I think for the sake of the podcast and the sake of people's ears, we should probably um, end it here. And I thank you so much for your words of wisdom. And I think people will take plenty from this podcast. So thank you so much. Have a great day in martial arts for life. There you go. See you soon, mate.